Deck maintenance isn't fun. Move the furniture and barbecue, sand and prep, paint, seal, or get a low-maintenance Trex deck. The only colour fade you'll have to deal with is watching the sunset. Trex, the world's number one decking brand. We acknowledge the Noongar people, the traditional owners of the land the upcoming game is played on, and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. The 2021 AFL Grand Final. Our passing board, Petraka, can he get it home? Yes, he can! Bontempelli, can he get it up on the ball? Oh, oh yes, he can! It's Bontempelli! A glorious kick for goal! It's Melbourne, the most dominant team of 2021, aiming to break a 57-year premiership drought, led by coach Simon Goodwin and champion skipper Max Gorn. Petraka on the first, steps back inside, gives it to Gorn. They're taking on the Bulldogs. They were here five years ago and they're hoping to win their third premiership in VFL AFL history. Can Luke Beveridge and Marcus Bonsampelli's men get the job done? Norton lunged out at Vandermeer since the moment. He gave delightfully to Bonsampelli, who can top off the half with another long range goal. Welcome to AFL Nation. Yes, a warm welcome everyone to the 2021 AFL Grand Final and it's our pre-game show for CoinSpot, Australia's most secure way to buy and sell crypto and for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Anthony Hudson with you and joining us for the first uh, hour or so as we continue our rolling coverage in towards the bounce of the ball in just over two hours' time is the, uh, the great Dwayne Russell. Great to have Dwayne. It's a little bit later than he normally does his best work when the mid- midday madness <laughs> takes place. But Dwayne, uh, it's been madness for Melbourne fans over the last last two weeks and the moment has just about arrived and not too soon because they are suffering they're so hopeful and excited though been talking about the glass half full half empty all year huddle and midday madness the half full part is it's going to be a great grand final i'm really excited the half empty is it would be nice if it was at the g and we had this two-week build-up for these two teams at the g because melbournians have missed out it missed out on what could be one of the great moments but we're about to listen to it on radio, watch it on TV, and this time next year, are you happy if we're bouncing the ball right now or if it's quarter time next year or are you a twilight start guy next year? Uh, yes, I'd be happy with a twilight. I think it'll go back to... Back you think to, it will, will you? Go back to 220 okay. or 30 or whatever <laughs> it will be. For a while then, it was kind of working up towards yep. twilight and then they went back and then we've had the night experiment in Brisbane last year and it's a sort of quasi-night. Uh, match tonight. I, I think Twilight would be great, but it won't be next year. I was hoping it was going to thunder down with rain all day today, and then we could have said, I'm glad we don't have the grand final here in Melbourne today. Well, it's a beautiful day in Perth. It's picture perfect over there, a top of uh, 24, so it'll be a great day for football. If you can't play football today, you can't play football. Nick Del Sando, <laughs> welcome to you. Well, then I can't play football, Anthony. Lovely to be here. Really looking forward to the way that this plays out, and just on that conversation of the perfect time slot, I'm open to it being changed. How, how, what traditional time have we had over the last few years when football had been normal for a Saturday afternoon game at the G? What is our usual time? It's crept slowly it, later. Uh, Ten minutes here, yeah. five minutes there. So what is the traditional time of a Saturday afternoon game? I'm going back to the 80s and 90s. Yeah, it was 2. 2.10. Two, 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 two o'clock, 2.10. Yep. Yeah, and then it 
sort of became 230 for finals. And I reckon it was, there was at least a couple of years we were 245. Yeah. As seven, we're probably trying to get it to creep, finish a bit later for and TV now when we have the And now when we have the feature games, like the, the Monday game, it's a 320 start, I think, off the top of my head it as is, well. Yeah, so there's that, a lot of unusual sort of timings away from the traditional MCG time. Yeah, I think it, I think one thing we know is a night grand final, it's just too late yep. for, for everybody. And I think kids, even though we play almost all the other finals exclusively at night. It's adults. Adults want to go out after. Yeah, you want to finish the game yeah. at a time when you can enjoy yourself. Yeah. Although, and again, if it's that late, then the enjoyment might have taken place all through the day. So You've got to be able to watch the There's game There's a lot of well. older adults who can't stay up It past might be 10. too much for Adam Cooney. I don't know. Coons, good afternoon to you. It's great Hi to guys, have you with us. Thanks for introducing me so I can join in the conversation. <laughs> That's great. For saving the best <laughs> till last. Blame Dwayne because I just was looking for a very short response to him. But no, he, he brought up a talkback topic because that's the way he <laughs> operates. I'm glad we're diving in head first. I'm a twilight guy, Dwayne. If it's yep. not going to be the traditional slot of 10 or 20, I think 7.15 here we are this evening is too late. If it's going to have to change, I'd like a twilight grand final. That way it gets the best mm. for everyone. If you can still get the sun setting and the atmosphere throughout the evening for the second half. And you can go out after the game, Dwayne. You can. And, and you can old people can bed. kick on till yes. almost midnight till if we can midnight. stay up till then. <laughs> if they want to. And the kids can go to bed after the game. Coons, we know you were meticulous with your preparation. So just, on, put your yes. play, just put your players hat on just for one moment. What do you think the perfect time of the day was for you to do your perfect preparation? One ten. So you didn't have to think about it. You were yep. there by 11? Wake up at 9 o'clock, have breakfast, shower, get some hydration in straight to the ground. You don't have time to mull it over in your mind. The body gets heavy there in night games, if you, particularly if you play it over and over and over in your head about what you have to do and your role coming up. I Especially just like if you're going to have a palmer at lunchtime. Yeah, <laughs> yeah popping a palmer at, at midday would be the perfect preparation leading into That's a 110 game. That's the Simon Goodwin preparation me. after a couple of days ago. We yes. relaxed on the beach and then well, snuck into the local. Well, he can afford to do that because he doesn't have to run out there. Mm. And run fifteen or sixteen. You were getting heavier. I, I felt lighter at night. For some reason, I felt quicker at yeah, night. Did you really? Yeah. I was ready to go to bed. Some of those night games. <laughs> That's why the performance dropped off. Yeah. You reckon, in the Pre-league second half. finals at night. Oh no. <laughs> oh good. What, what's the feeling now? Do you think for the players two hours out, how, how, two or so hours out? How are they feeling? A feeling, a feeling of anxiousness. Now, I mean, it depends how you play it out because you've got so many different players from both teams that are in different situations. The way that they prepare for a game. Some would love a day game. Some love a night game. So for me, Coons, I loved a night game because I felt like it gave me the best preparation. Did you sleep during the day? I did. I'd have a nap and I used to. I only used to set my alarm for the last moment that I had to get up. And I used to have this theory and I don't did, even did know. You didn't worry you were going to sleep through your alarm? Or no, no, no. I'd always wake up with the alarm. But my theory was my body needs sleep. So I would lay there and if I needed to wake up early, I could get up. But if I needed more, I felt like my body knew exactly what it needed. So I could get the right food in, the right drink in. I was rested and away we could go. So you'll have guys that are living that life right now, that have had a great relaxing day, their preparation is normal, but you'll also have a lot of guys that not only today, but this has been going on for two weeks, where they're playing scenarios over in their mind. Are they mentally tough enough and got enough resilience to to understand what all those feelings and emotions are and thoughts, you and then able to roll out to not actually them. execute? Yeah, but you also can't stress over if you didn't sleep well. I reckon that, you know, I've done a lot of traveling and so sleeping in hotel rooms and, and it is, you know, it's hard to yeah. necessarily, you'd hope after two weeks or even longer that Melbourne had been there that they'd have the rhythms and they'd be sleeping well at the same time. But you, you can't afford to let that stress you out, I would imagine. I think what you learn as you get older and particularly if you have young kids and you're still continuing in your career is that you can't let a routine be so regimented that it affects yeah. your, your game if it is at night. So 
there's a hundred things that can go wrong. And if you're a guy who's so meticulous in your preparation leading in and everything doesn't go right, you have to be mature enough to be able to think, well, and put that aside, compartmentalize it nice. and then just get on with what's happening ahead. Because some guys get so stressed out. They've got to have two power aids before a game at a certain time. You've got to have your sleep at midday till one fifteen. And if it, if one thing doesn't go right, then it can affect the, re- the rest. It can affect the rest of your preparation. So I think as you get older, you get more mature. I was I was actually quite stringent in my preparation and meticulous when I was younger. But as I got older, I realized it actually didn't make one iota of difference to how you actually played when it came to a night game. Maybe there's a positive after the last two years that those routines, those superstitions have actually been thrown all out yeah. the window because they, they've been forced that you can't live that particular way. So you like to think, however they've slept last night, that they are ready to roll. Put that all behind you because, unfortunately, when that ball's bounced, no one seems to care how you slept. We'll keep an eye, too, on uh, the action from the preliminary final. It's certainly not going Melbourne Storm's way early in the second half. Penrith leading 6-0, so it's a low-scoring game. Uh, preliminary final to make it to the grand final, and they're pressing at the moment again, Penrith. So uh, the Storm oh, are under pressure, over. and they are over. So that's, that's uh, at least 10 down, and uh, could well be more than that very shortly. So... Craig Bellamy and his team under real pressure over there. Uh, that's our news wrap for the moment of the day for rolled fast, fresh Vietnamese, rolled family-made Vietnamese, serve fast and fresh. We don't really, speaking of news of the day, we don't really feel like we've got the old uh, race against time injury-wise. We're not expecting any late changes or anything, are we? I don't think. No, I wouldn't have thought so. I mean, I know Bevo made a couple of changes during the week, so he's had that conversation with a couple of players, which is clearly a really difficult one, but it gives you time to process it as well. And you would have thought that those guys would have been communicated along the way, that it was no huge surprise, but whoever will become the medical sub also, you'd like to think by now, knows what they're doing. Do we? Can we name? Would it be a lot easier, certainly from my point of view, to name a tw- just a 23-man team because yep. it's got players being omitted and then we don't yeah. have the medical It's been, it's been, it's all year. So yeah. it's been happening all happening. year where someone gets omitted. Like so, Vandermeer has been omitted. but yeah, should, should you name the medical – should you have to name the medical sub on a Thursday but you're allowed to change it or well, I think like that's that, cleaner, or? isn't it? Well, yep. dogs, the dogs told us this week that they didn't name – they didn't tell their medical sub until today. So they were waiting. They knew who the sub was going to be. Ash Hansen was on – the show yesterday, so he said that we know who we're going to name as the medical sub, likely, but we're not going to tell them until tomorrow. So all the subs then prepare the same until the they wake up in the wow. morning of the day, and then we'll tell the sub who I the sub that, is. I find that a bit surprising. That's, it's like it's a secret. That's a head spin, isn't it? That, yeah. Don't you think for the for the potential medical subs? Like Chandler would know that. Well, that's Melbourne, obviously, but who would it be for the dogs? Do you think? Who? I mean, you'd think it'd be. Van, would you think it'd be Vandermeer, or do you think it's they might go for think that say Scott Scott. You know, might be able to play. He's a bit more versatile. I think it's Latham Vanderbilt. Yep. I think with the hamstring um, occurrence that he had, uh, obviously passed all the tests and was in that side, and Scott came in late. So I think he's a logical man to be the Medi sub. It was looming large as Jason Johannesson only a few weeks ago, but he probably played the best game he uh, has had for a while in the prelim. Well, the risk of JJ, he's actually played really well a few weeks ago as the medical subs. That actually makes you a specialist role. So you've got to get past that and get in the starting 22. He also played reasonably well back in 2016 in that grand final. It was handy. It was handy. So next year, do we just have 23? Do we name 23 for every game? No medical sub. And if you lose two with concussion in the first five minutes, well, so be it. That's the way it is. We've all got 23 to use during the course of a game. And if... You want to reduce interchange to 50 or 55 or 60. At you least still you do that. Yeah, you could still do that.
Yeah, I believe so. I think that's a much simpler and cleaner way for everybody to be viewing a particular team when you're making decisions on who you're tipping and for those that like to have a little flutter. Mm. But is it we're still putting forward a, a squad, aren't we? Don't we still put out a squad of who you can and can't select from? Yeah, it's 20. I think it's 25. It might so be 26 what, yeah, now. So given why not have players. you know you're starting 23 with the three emergencies as the squad members? Yeah, well, I'm, I'd be happy to do that. Does it open up for a player to say, if he is the 23rd, does the coach say, well, you might only play... Forty percent. Yeah, well, game that's time. interesting how they would, how they would use them and how that would evolve would be interesting. Remember the first week they had the sub the first time around. Sydney had a Sydney had a ruckman. I reckon it was Mark Seabee was the sub. I think that was yeah. the one until Mason Cox this year. <laughs> they, they learned pretty right. early yeah. not to make the ruckman the sub, didn't they? Yeah, they learned that. So, and that's why I ask about Van. I mean, I, your point about Waitman is 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 a good one, but if you're taking that out, then is it is it like we had? Uh, Geelong had Zach Guthrie a couple of weeks ago as the sub, and yet they lost a midfielder early, and that meant that Tui had to go to the wing. And So let me throw another variable in. Both teams know they're going to use their sub today, don't they? Yeah. You are going mm. to use your sub today. Well, so any, it's a little yeah, bit different to normal. To. Well, I think you will anyway. But there'll be a bloke with a sore knee yeah. or a bruise or a knock or they've lost a hair on their head. So there will be a legitimate reason to use your sub today saying, oh, well, that bruised knee, uh, we just thought we'd take him off at three-quarter time and give him a rest. <laughs> what about the guy who's had two disposals halfway through the yeah, third quarter? Right. Then so, does the runner come out and say, you've got a sore knee? So if you know Gary your Rowan. sub is if you know <laughs> your says, sub no, is, I haven't. I'm stuck. No, I'm fine. <laughs> no, you've got a sore knee. No, I haven't. To the bench. No, I haven't. <laughs> so if you know your sub is going to be used, then – who do you, who would you rather have no, as your impact sub? Who's your Teddy Hopkins? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's not Ryan Gardner, is it, if you're the Bulldogs? You there's know? also a tipping point in there as well somewhere, Dwayne, that if it is, and God forbid, one of your A-graders and they have a severe corky or they've got an yeah. MCL and can get through or whatever it may be, what's the tipping point where you say, no, no, I'd still prefer Marcus Bontempelli at 50%, who's yeah. going to limp around for the second half, or we can bring on the medical sub knowing I'm probably still going with the Bont. Yeah, because he's not playing. We don't have to have him next He'll week. He'll be ready in six months' time. Yeah, well, I'll tell you, if you get a head knock, you're jumping up pretty quickly, as quickly as you can. Yep. Yeah. But you just don't up too quickly, because if you get the staggers, then no, that's right. a telltale sign that you're not coming back it's on. It's not going to be like me early in the morning in the lounge. So I, oh, God, I'm a bit too quickly then. <laughs> yeah. so, been, and, no one's got to believe that. Answer your own question then, Dwayne. Who do you think it would be the same? If you know they're going to come on, who, yep. would, who would it be? Uh, I do think it's either Vandermeer or Scott for... The dogs and uh, James Jordan's an interesting one for me, but I'm, I'm, I've always been a Jaden Hunt fan. Mm. Now I know he hasn't played a lot of footy for ages, but I'm a Jaden Hunt fan in terms of his his run with capability. So if there was going to be a variable in there, it would would be Jaden Hunt. But there's been no twos football, so I don't know how much conditioning he's got. I don't think Simon Goodwin would be really willing to take that risk and change up. So it's James Jordan that drastically. Yeah. So yeah, I think I, you're right. I think it'll be Jordan. Yeah, that around the edge, that last player picked. I mean, that's yeah, it, someone could be the sub. They don't even play. I think you're right. They probably will. They, they're a premiership player. So if you're 10 goals up, you've got a legitimate yeah. reason to say, listen. Get them on. Give yeah, them a come kick. on. Come on, Gil. Yeah. You've you got to have a run. Do you yeah. honestly yeah. think that'll happen today? Yeah. Well, I don't think there'll Do be a really? 10 goals up. But there might that's be like a... clearing your bench in basketball. Yeah. The game's over and we're going to roll out the, yeah. the next oh, five. But there'll be a reason to take someone off, yeah. even if it's – Corky. Slight corky or whatever. Geez, his hamstring was getting tight. Yep. So we've given him a run in the last eight minutes. Jordan generally plays well in championship games. Yeah, he does ah, too. Nice. Oh. Good, good point. And nice. he's got the 23, so I like it. Yeah, nice, nice. All right. You're listening to AFL Nation for Athena Home Loans. 
It's the 2021 AFL Grand Final. The picture hasn't got any better for the Storm, although the trial wasn't converted. It's 10-0 to Penrith. Overs aren't looking good either. For Chemist Warehouse. Uh, We're going to chat, I think, to Alan Richardson and to Stephen King. So our pre-game interviews for Ringers Western. Ringers Western clothing looks great in the city. And it's tough out on the land with with Coons and his mob out there in the bush. Tough out there in the the bush. Not quite bush, though. Living and working on the range. Oh, yeah, you're down in the hollow. Regional. Bottom of the hill. Yeah, down the river. <laughs> Close right. enough. Short break and back with more in a moment as we count down to the opening bounce. 2021 Grand Final Footy on AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Petrarca on the burst, steps back inside, gives it to Gord. Willie from 55. He will. He can. He does. Oh, Max has got an eye toward being the first premiership captain since Barras. Grabbed by God, he's done it again. Oh, he's kicked his fourth. <laughs> he has taken it to the absolute Max. Oh, can he do it one more time and indeed be crowned the premiership captain, Max Gorn. He'll lead the D's out onto Optus Stadium. And the ball will be bounced in just under two hours' time. One hour and 54 minutes to go. You can get involved on AFL Nation across the weekend on the open line. But thanks to Southern Phone, simplify your life with Southern Phone mobile plans. Switch to Southern Phone. It's It's been hard going for Melbourne fans, hasn't it, in, in these past uh, two weeks? Just, just to reach out and touch it and feel it and imagine what it's going to be like. But knowing too that they'd love to be at the MCG, but it's you got to take whatever's there. Yeah, it would be different if you could go to the pub and watch it with your mates, but you can't do that either. Yep. So that's made it even tougher, especially for a lot of people who haven't had this moment. Um, you know, Melbourne fans haven't had this moment for quite a while. It would be maybe a little different if it was Richmond playing the Dogs and Richmond fans have been there. They've yep. been to the G a couple of years ago. But this is new territory for half the fan base, you, and they can't you, get to enjoy it. Do you think the majority of D supporters, as excited as they had been throughout the whole year, and we've had this conversation a few times, that it was just, you know, just keep a lid on it. We just don't want to jinx ourselves. And then over the last two weeks, that feeling of, well, this could possibly happen, but more trepidation that, oh, my God, if it doesn't, Will it ever? I, I feel like for the dogs winning it five years ago, I reckon that felt more. That like was them that, five years ago. Yeah, I reckon that felt more like that going into the preliminary final than. But I think the, the common theme amongst the Melbourne fans I've spoken to is that they're just so confident in what the and rightfully so and what the teams produced. You can see they've got a great team. I mean, yep. Petrarca and Oliver and Gorn leading the way. So there's every reason to have that confidence that they're not going to fail. But the big day, who knows? I suppose. Well, that's the thing, and you look at Port Adelaide. <laughs> two weeks ago, they were supremely confident that they were just going to roll through the dogs and <laughs> make the grand final. <laughs> so want. much so that some of their past players had already set up the private jet yeah. Yeah. to Perth. So you don't want to be oh. too confident. I don't I think the house. <laughs> been, so many Melbourne supporters have had uh, so many dark times over the past, well, what is it, 57 yeah. years, uh, the drought, that they don't want to get, they don't even want to dare to dream even now. So you don't want to be too overconfident. The prelim was the hurdle. The prelim was the big hurdle for a lot of them, I Psychologically, reckon. I think yeah. it was. Yeah. It is sad, though, for Melbourne supporters who have waited so long. Imagine. To have to sit at home I know. and hmm. only be with your family. And that's a, family's okay, but you'd rather celebrate with... Depends on the case. A whole house of... I was with an old Saints fan today. Um, mentioned him by name, Luke Guthrie. I spoke today, and, and old Saints fan, he said, I've seen a flag. But my son hasn't. Mm. And I reckon there'd be a few of those demon fans around as well who... Um, yeah, 
Their dads had seen <laughs> yeah. one, and their grandfathers had seen them, yeah, but they've yeah. got the rest of their family, kids in their family, haven't seen a flag. And that's it's something you want to share. Is what but you're can you into. share it? Can you can't you can't go to a household? Or oh, you sorry, you want to share? You might not be it, able know, to share your, it with yeah, your exactly. family members. If it's a father to their son or to their mm. daughter, whoever it may be, you want to be able to share those yeah. moments together. Uh, I saw some footage of a, a bit of a grand final parade in one of the suburbs today, where the locals had gone out in their gear and were just walking up around the street, and people they clapping. Went in, they weren't in high vis, were they? No, <laughs> they no, weren't in high vis, and there was mm. no sign of uh, any law enforcement there. But uh, it was it was good to see something <laughs> single happening. file grand final parade. Yeah, was it? Yeah, one person. So no, it was more than one. So Max Max Gorn, as we listened to there out of the break, how pivotal is he? What can Stefan Martin do to? reduce his impact on the game? Oh, it's a, it's a combination of Martin and English, I think. So English showed in the second half against Brisbane what he can do, and uh, Luke Beveridge backed him in to turn that around against Oscar McInerney. So I, I think it's it's got to be Operation Bash Max, doesn't it? It has to be. And not, and not to the point of Yates off the line, mm. but it, it's got to be every time he tries to run forward, Steph Martin and Tim English have to make it so difficult for him to get to position. Because when he, he works back, he fills a hole, and he takes a grab in defensive 50. He works forward and he's almost unbeatable on the lead and when he runs and jumps at the footy. And the hit-outs, they're going to get supreme advantage there. But, so, I pose, but I pose this to you. It is very difficult to change your game style if that hasn't been you naturally for a period of time. We'll dig deeper into that shortly. We're going to speak to Stephen King, the Western Bulldogs senior assistant of coach. He's a man in demand, expected to head north. But hey, Tyler's Beaumont Tiles have what you need. You know Beaumonts are here to help. And they've joined, uh, helped Josh Bauer from Beaumont Tiles Norwood in Adelaide to keep his business going. And they can help you too. How's this for a helping hand from Beaumont Tiles? You can win a share of 100 grand worth of Ardex waterproof. 2021 Grand Final Footy on AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. <laughs> Welcome back, oh, AFL Nation. Gosh. It's a grand final, Anthony. It's grand final. (laughs) Come on. (laughs) We need a level of professionalism here. It's our pregame show. Is it freckles? What are you eating? (laughs) He's eating freckles. It's a pregame show. But your choice of confectionery confuses me too. Just got to mix things up, Dwayne. It's grand like final it. day. A pregame show for CoinSpot Australia's most secure way to buy and sell crypto and for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. And. uh, <laughs> what would you like us to discuss? Just discuss to something for Dwayne two seconds, Dwayne. While he digests his freckle. Well, the Melbourne Storm's in a bit of trouble. 10 oh, 0, as you mentioned, Penrith. 19 minutes to go in the second half, which would be a major upset if they end up going down. Um, fine weather, which is good news in Perth. So the weather is fine. So we'll give you a little bit of a weather report as it is on the ground right now. So it's going to be played in absolutely perfect conditions. So could not ask for better conditions. And Stephen King about to join us in a matter of seconds. He's ready to go now. Senior assistant coach at the Western Bulldogs. King, we appreciate your time. How's the feeling in the camp as we get ever closer? Under two hours now to the opening bounce. Yeah, out on the ground at the moment. And, uh, yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It's, as you said before, it's 25 degrees, sun's out, crowd's in, buzzing atmosphere. So, it's yeah, it's electric at the minute. It's fantastic. What sense have you got of the group over the last probably 48 hours? Your, your run through yesterday and the way they've woken up today and, and the general feeling in the group as we get closer. Yeah, I mean, this group just uh, amazes me, really. Firstly, for the resilience they've shown over the last month, but also... There's a real calmness. Um, there's a, it's a, I guess they're just relaxed in the sense that I guess nine of them have been here before, but also they just don't let anything, I guess even with lockdown, sort of deter them at all. And they just stay really balanced, really calm. And 
you know, it's been, it's been amazing to witness. So they're in a good place, I think. We've we had all our meetings, our preparation, and, yeah, I've just been looking forward to this moment. Kingy, all the very best for tonight. Hope it all goes very well for you. Yeah. From, from a coach's perspective, and we do clearly focus a lot on the plays and their preparation. Now, I'd only assume in a normal week that you are fully prepared to roll out and play whoever you are that weekend. When you've got an additional week, so now you've got two weeks, how much more preparation can you do and then relay those messages onto the playing group? Yeah, look, I think you've got to be really smart with what you do. I think just because it's the biggest game of the year, you can't sort of go away with what works for you all year. And I think uh, as a coaching group, you, you uh, digest and review the Port Adelaide, the prelim, um, and you just get those learnings of that game to the group um, as a normal week. And then you probably just start the Melbourne stuff, you know, on a Monday of, of this week. So you don't try and drop anything on them early. Um, we've been really fortunate with our build-up, having three really hard finals. We've, we've sort of just rolled and recovered really nicely and, and prepped them up to go for, for this week. So, you know, I guess there's a trap. As a coach, you always get your work done early, be really prepared. And um, from that, I think we've got a good handle having played Melbourne, you know, twice during the season and once in the pre-season as well. So you just got to make sure you don't, especially living with the players over here in a bit of a hard type situation, you don't, um, you know, throw too much at them. That's not required. How much in your preparation can you change from who you guys have been, not only this year, but for a, a period of time to, you know, we've spoken about how do you stop Max Gorn? Do you need to niggle him? Do you need to bump him? But that hasn't been characteristics of your group. How much can you change for one game, maybe knowing that it might be a good result, but it's just not who you guys have been? Yeah, well, we've got different levers we can pull as a coaching group, and I guess that's our beauty is our flexibility. But, I mean, I guess purely from a personnel point of view, uh, Steph Martin... Adam Trelaw and Josh Dunkley haven't played against Melbourne this year. So, so they'll get a different look than what they've had, you know, the previous occasions that we've played them. And, you know, really confident that Steph will come in and did what he did last week and give us a really good content. Um, you know, he's, him and Tim English know just how important Max is to Melbourne and the way they play. But, you know, we'll, we'll complete faith in the way that we want to go about it and, and back our boys in. Kingy, Adam Cooney here. Good luck tonight, you big legend. Thanks, uh, pretty ding-dong battle throughout the midfield. Clayton Oliver is obviously one of their prime movers in there. Do you back your group in, or do you look to lock down on a Petrarca or maybe an Oliver? Oh, look, I think we have to respect both of those guys. Um, you know, we've got plans in place with whether a player goes to one of them or even just as a, as a unit, just the way we set up at stoppage and try and guard some more dangerous space. Um, you know, they can be lethal if they're allowed to come out the front. So... We've just got to be really balanced in what we do. Um, make sure we, we're, you know, we're, we're sensitive to the, uh, the cues of the game and in each stoppage and um, just make sure we adjust on the fly. And, and we can make the changes as well you know, if, if someone gets hot for a period of time. And the back end for them, May and Lever, obviously two terrific defenders. They intercept and get a lot of drive from half-back. Terrific job Josh Shackey did on Alira Lear. Can we expect something similar on Jake Lever this evening? Oh, yeah, I think um, likewise, both of those guys, they do like to mark the footy. Um, so whoever does play on, on Lever, you know he's going to be where the ball's going to go. So you're going to be in the thick of it all game. So, yeah, look, we have to be really sensible with the way we use the footy. And I think that's going to be the key for us, just to make sure we, we look down the field, see what's there, wait for our numbers and, and make sure we use the ball really smartly. Can you, can you pick who's going to play on Lever? We, we know defenders often go to who they want and they can manipulate it, particularly someone like Lever who wants to roll off and often picks an easier target. Can you initiate that matchup from a forwards perspective? I think you can. You can, you can say to your forward group to, to flip the mindset of, of you as a forward and, and make sure you're relevant and that you actually stay where the action's going to be. So I think the beauty of our group at the moment, the way we've been performing over finals, we've played in some really 
combative, contested games, especially forward of the ball, where we've actually just really rewarded and encouraged our forwards to compete and make a contest. And that won't change today. And whether it's Lever or whether it's Taris Andrews another week or, you know, Alira Lear the week before, that's, we've just got to make sure we're really smart and, and diligent and our forwards don't try and look to get off an opponent, just make sure they embrace the contest. Kingy, we know Bevo has become famous and is famous for his themes from week to week. Can you give us a little glimpse without, I'm assuming you're not going to share the whole story of what has been the theme and the story over the last fortnight to get ready for today's game? Oh, look, I think it was documented during the week. There's a bit of a Shawshank Redemption theme um, that's been probably throughout the finals. So just, just embracing that underdog status, probably us being locked up in quarantine a fair bit. Um, you know, that Bevo's a master at that sort of stuff and, you know, He's a great motivator and a fantastic storyteller. So, you know, yeah, it's been, it's been a really good build-up. So watch the game, the first five to ten minutes. The Western Bulldogs were all over Port Adelaide in that inner ring. As soon as the footy bobbled out, there was two to three Doggies players inside that inner ring. Port Adelaide players standing out. Do you need to do much work over the last couple, or have you had to do much work over the last couple of weeks in that? Or is that just you've done so much over the last few years, it's just a natural thing for the guys to get inside because... It's two great contested ball teams this evening. Yeah, I think we were on top of it early, I think, in the year. But then you sort of, through, through injury, through personnel, through the numbers game, sometimes you go six forwards. So often stoppages can change week to week and how you're setting up. So I think for us it was probably just getting you know Adam and, and Josh back from injury. How do we fit those guys into our midfield mix? Um, and it's just amazing over time how players evolve and, and are willing to change roles and, and complement one another. So... I think we just got back to playing really selfless footy, playing for one another, um, probably removing the ego as to who has to start at centre bounce, just just play our roles and, um, you know, see where it takes us. So to the boys' credit, they've been amazing at complimenting one another and, and playing for each other. So um, one more match-up. Stephen May obviously had that hamstring issue a couple of weeks ago. Early, how many Ks can we expect Aaron Norton to cover to try and work that hamstring over early? Oh, yeah, I think we'll need all our forwards to work their backsides off, regardless if it's May, Lever, whoever it is, we, you know, Petty. We just need to make sure our, our forwards, you know, get up and compress the ground and then rip back when there's paddock space to play into. So um, it won't be any specific uh, instructions just for the main matchup. It'll just be for us making sure we play the way that we want to play and that we always give our, our midfielders and high defenders a dual threat when we look forward to the ball. And Stephen, as we let you go, obviously you've had an awesome ride at the Bulldogs. You've accepted a role up north with the Sun, so it'd be a great way for you to go out and finish your time at the Bulldogs. Yeah, look, it'll be fantastic. I mean, obviously there's been some speculation, there's been a lot of movement, but oh, that's something I'll probably address after after this weekend. So just just really focusing on the next couple of hours here and, and, and make sure we get the job done today. We're, we're very jealous of you, mate. It's going to be fantastic a few hours ahead. Good luck. No worries. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Steve, Stephen King, and we can go straight from the Bulldogs camp to uh, the D's and the Melbourne GM of performance. Alan Richardson has been good enough to join us. Hello, Richo. G'day, Hutto. How are you? Good. Where, where do we find you exactly? Well, I've gone back into the bowels trying to find a little bit of uh, a little bit of sanctuary. It's pretty noisy out there, so um, no, just at the back end of the rooms. And what's the, what's the atmosphere like as we get ever closer? Well, there's a bit going on out in the ground. Obviously, the all the roadies are setting up their their stages, etc. Our players are trying to work their way through leads and um, and 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 temporary stages to try and have a kick. But we knew that was coming. Um, this is not this is not normal, and we're we're just embracing whatever it is. But no, it's it's quite exciting. The crowds 
certainly building up. And how have you how have you sensed the the way the guys have handled the two weeks and the extra time? And then as it's got closer, do you you feel like and I guess you never know till we see them out in the field? But do you feel like the build's been about right from a momentum point of view? Yeah, yeah. Well, we were lucky enough to have a bit of a trial run really pre the um, you know, pre the Geelong game. So it was two weeks between the the Brisbane performance and then the Geelong one. And you know we liked clearly we liked what we did on game day. Um, we were able to. Check, check off how we went from a prep perspective and this was good and this was good and no, we perhaps wouldn't do that again. And So, yeah, we've been lucky enough to have a bit of a, a, bit of a crack at it two weeks ago and no, we feel like the group is as ready as they could be. We've, we've trained really well. We, um, we've trained hard um, at the right time and, and backed off at the right time and not unlike a week-to-week cycle, if you like, and um, we, we think the boys are both physically and mentally prepared for battle. Richo, you don't ha- have a, a lot of guys on the list, as it currently stands, that have had a lot of finals experience, let alone played in a grand final. Have you had someone in particular, maybe a Choco or yourself, that's sort of been there and done that to share some of these experiences about what to ex- exactly expect? Uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, Jordan Lewis has played a bit of a role for us. Um, he did some work with our group, um, you know, from a skills perspective, early uh, in, in our pre-season campaign and he still does a bit with our younger leaders and uh, so he's he's certainly, certainly been there for the boys he's a, he's a bit younger than all of us he's he's probably able to relate from a player's perspective uh, uh, you know at a, at a greater level but no there's there's plenty of experience Uze's obviously been involved in a, in a really successful period at the Hawthorne Footy Club the senior coach himself played in a couple so no there's plenty there for the for the guys to draw on if they need if need be but we've We've taken a lot of the, I suppose, the noise out of it. We've been lucky enough, uh, Dell, to be over here and be away from it. But also, you know, there's, there's very little focus on outcome. It's about, it's about the way we play our footy and what we need to do. And, and, the, and the reality is we just need to get it done again. Can you expect the team today to play exactly the same style and go about in the same manner as they have for the whole year? Is it just simply just execute one more time? Yeah, yeah, we've used that word a lot, Dell. We've certainly used the word execute and that... Um, you know, with any of our training sessions, we've ramped up and put a bit of pressure on the boys and then given them feedback, you know, via, via the tape in terms of what we're looking to do, whether that be execute our method or execute a tackle or, or execute an entry kick. Um, and, and um, you know, that's been a real focus, just to, to focus on the little things that matter. Um, but, um, yeah, no, I think the coaches, by and large, have done a terrific job. When you've got two weeks, there's a lot to think about and analyse. Have you been careful not to overload the players with information because they can be pretty simple beasts at times, AFL players with choke? Yeah, yeah, Coons, what we... Um, there was something I reckon we did really well post-Brisbane, so we didn't even review the, the Brisbane game until the second week, until like we would normally do coming into coming into Geelong and we always we always review the game with the upcoming opposition in mind so we have our opposition meeting prior to the game the opposition we're coming up against the following week prior to the game we're going to play with coaches so that when they're analysing the tape they're already thinking about next week in terms of the way we educate and, and so we just followed the same process we built up towards a game which was obviously only just a just a practice much amongst ourselves but um, and then reviewed the performance uh, obviously this time against Geelong and then started to weave that into what it might look like against the Dogs. And do you have to mention or show the first 10 minutes of the Bulldogs game against Port Adelaide or you expect 
those players to go out there and give the hardest 10 minutes of footy of their life because if there's any indication about the way the Western Bulldogs started a fortnight ago, it's certainly going to be on. No, they're a brilliant starting team. Yeah, we, we've focused on what their best footy looked like. Coons, what it looks like from a from an offense, offensive perspective, what it looks like in around stoppage where they're just so impressive. Um and uh, and what it looks like defensively for our team. So they go out there with real clarity on on what we have to do. Uh, clearly, it's a, it's a it's a real balance. We have to make sure that we don't lose track of what we've been doing because it's been it's been getting the job done. And so I think the the guys have real uh, have real clarity and, and uh, great understanding of what what needs to get done. Uh, stars everywhere through the middle of the ground. You used James Harms earlier on the year with the job on Tommy Liberatore. He's a real barometer and the clearance king in there, number one in the AFL. Well, do you look to use a negator on Liber this evening? Uh, it depends a little bit on the game. Not initially. We won't. No, we'll go after our game. There'll be a real focus on what Liber brings to their turn, and, and that's clearly, as you've identified, it's its first first use um, You know, with, with some real class on the outside of him. So... No, no, there'll certainly be a player have a role at a certain time. Um, the scoreboard will indicate and, and, and give us a bit of feedback in terms of whether we need to adjust on that. Obviously, the influence of the particular player will do the same. But, but fundamentally, it'll be about the team having a real awareness of what individuals do and looking to take that away. And if we need to make that more specific and go to an individual, then we'll do that. Richo, we've been speaking in here before. We've touched base with you in regards to preparation and how a lot of the players are so superstitious and meticulous with their preparation. It's probably been thrown out the window. Have you seen some funny examples of guys being out of their comfort zone a little bit and probably having to fall in line a little bit more with a structure given the amount of times you guys have moved not only this year but last year as well? Yeah, no, you're right, Del. It's, um, I mean, that's been our way for two years now. I think we've been away for 100 and by the, by the time this campaign's done, we'll have been away from home for 160 days over the last two years. We've had a game this year where we've um, been sitting on a plane for the whole day uh, prior to then flying back to Melbourne and, and, and playing. So routines really have been thrown away. It's um, it's just make sure that you you do what you can to be as prepared as you as you can be, and we just we just never put it in the excuse category we just we just it's the same for everyone and we need to get it done and we know why we know why it's different and we we are privileged to be able to get out there and perform and um so the attitude of the players has just been outstanding and you're right people like Lever and mcdonald have historically been quite meticulous in their preparation almost anal but um no they've had to adjust and they've done it really well Richard, it's been an incredible journey so far one more to go we wish you all the best thanks for being with us and good luck Good on you guys. Have a great call. Alan Richardson joining us there as part of the Demons Camp there, GM of performance, and they've performed magnificently through the year. We will take a break uh, and uh, back with plenty more. It's our pregame show for CoinSpot, Australia's most secure way to buy and sell crypto. And for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club, you're listening to AFL Na- Na- you're listening to AFL Nation Grand Final Day 2021 for Athena Homelines. 2021 Grand Final Footy on AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Bailey Smith pumps at a goal from long range. He's been dynamite tonight and it smiles all round for the dogs. Lions have the extra behind the ball. Chance here for Hannon to Bailey Smith. The hero for the lead. The kid. The biggest moment of his life. Bailey Smith 
points to the crowd. Ice in my veins. <laughs> oh, Dwayne, he absolutely <laughs> nailed us. He had ice in his commentary veins. <laughs> Bailey Smith, can he do it again tonight? He's had a Bailey Smith type campaign, Dwayne. He has. He's, oh, yeah, he's, he's been lifted good. for finals. Oh, I've good. let my hair grow. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Stephen King and Ellen Richardson, who have just joined us with a Ringers Western, Ringers Western clothing. It looks great in the city and it toughs it out on the land. A pregame show for CoinSpot, Australia's most secure way to buy and sell crypto. And for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club, the Storm are in massive danger of being eliminated. They trail 10-6 against Penrith. Three minutes 30 remaining in the game. And Turnover, Hutto. There's been a fumble from the Penrith Ooh, Panthers, and yeah. it's going to be a Storm feed. Yeah, it's all. all. Right. We've got it one, Storm. <laughs> all right. If, if in, in trying to select this game, Dell and Coons, if you could know one thing that's going to happen around a player, mm. like that someone such is going to play well or someone's going to be tagged successfully or someone's got – what would it be? What would the thing to know to help you tip the game? Well, the risk is that you know a lot of things will happen because both coaching staff back their playing group in. So if you're – if you're looking at the dogs, you know Jackson McRae is going to have at least 30, if not 40, because they don't put a lot of work into him. I'm going to go with Libba from that perspective. I want to know what sort of game Libba is going to have. How many clearances does he have? Does he need to be tagged? And we spoke to Richo saying we're not going to start with harms on him. So there's your first indication about backing your side in and your midfield in in particular. But I think a lot of it will revolve around whether Libba gets the nose in the trough and how much impact he has around the stoppages and those contested situations. I think the lock is you know that the Melbourne midfielders are going to get first look at it plus 15 to 20 times off the hand of Max Gorn. Mm. And from there, it's whether the dogs can get inside and bullock their way through Petrarca, Oliver and Viney to get hands on the footy because Max Gorn is going to win the hitouts by at least 15, as he does most weeks. Yeah, But the dogs surprisingly have won the clearances the last two encounters this year, even though Max has dominated. So they almost, almost go so defensive knowing that they can't win that that it counteracts the productivity that they could have had the Ds. So no, it's like the first uh, 10 minutes of the Brisbane Dogs game when yep. Oscar McInerney was just winning every hit out and yep. it was going straight to Libra, it was going straight to Bont, straight to McRae every time. They were getting good clearances from it. What do you reckon, Hutto? Who, who's got the key to this game from a player's perspective? Who holds it? Well, what I reckon is the Storm have got a penalty and they've got it down to 2 minutes 49 to go. That's, not, that's not going to help the Dogs tonight. It's 10 to 6. Yep. <laughs> Uh, in the score at the moment, so we'll keep an eye on that. Um, I, I, I think for me it's Petrarca. I think, and I know you know he's going to get a certain amount. If, to me, he's built. He's oh boy, they've again they've almost turned it over. Two minutes thirty now as they press. He's built to win a Norm Smith on mm. Grand Final day for me, Petrarca. So if he can do that and, and break loose just out of the front of the stoppages, then Melbourne are going to be so hard to beat. I'd like to know how many intercept marks May and Lever will take combined because if they keep that low then that changes the game to me. Yeah, it's a good call. It's going to be a, a huge battle. See what Shaki can do. As the Storm are progressing here. Call it, Hutto. They're two, minute, well, two metres out from the line. We've got to uh, take a break. <laughs> oh, no, <laughs> no, 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 you haven't. There's still two minutes to go as they good tackle. press for into the last Grunging two, tackle. two minutes. Uh, shout out for One Classic Lager. Win one year's supply of One Classic Lager, the beer you can count on. Visit iCanWin.com.au. We're back for the end of the NRL. And, of course, the countdown to the bounce in Perth after this. 2021 Grand Final Footy on AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. It's Grand Final Day on AFL Nation around the country for Athena Home Loans. 
Oh, it's getting serious now as we count down an hour and 15 minutes away from the opening bounce at Optus Stadium in Perth. This is our pre-game show for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club and for Coinspot Buy and Sell Crypto. It's Melbourne and the Western Bulldogs, Nick Del Santo and Adam Kearney alongside Anthony Hudson and Jared Waitley who rejoins the team. As we almost get to that big moment, Jay, welcome. Hutto, thank you. Yes, the entertainment's only about 20 minutes away. If you wanted a little taster for tension, the NRL preliminary oh. final was certainly that, particularly if you were following from a Melbourne Storm persuasion who bought themselves a bit of a hole early through some shoddy ball handling and could just never peg it back. They're out. It just shows the pressure of finals, mm. doesn't it, really? They've, they're out 10-6 to Penrith and, as you said, shoddy ball handling at the start and it was even worse in the, in the climax. Couldn't, couldn't complete a set towards the back end then. The amount of fumbles and clear a couple of early opportunities in the first half where they thought where you thought they would have got at least some sort of score out of it, Jared. but what a letdown. 10-6, the final score, Penny Panthers beating... Our Melbourne Storm, but well done to the Panthers, who clearly have been the best two teams, I think, this year anyway. Just unfortunate in, in a lot of ways, Jared, they met prelim weekend, so the Panthers advance. So they've been, well, they laid in wait, really, throughout the whole year, having been beaten in last year's grand final, and they extract their revenge and sort of deny a few of the storylines in, uh, in the grand final with um, potentially uh, Wayne Bennett against Craig mm. Bellamy, but it's not to be. Yeah, so, I mean, you lose, you lose. But if you play as badly as mm. that, it's... Oh, I that's know the that worst that's... we've seen Melbourne Storm yeah. play under Craig Bellamy, yeah. you would say, just, and probably the low, certainly the lowest score this year for the Melbourne Storm. So, we just Rabbits to, and Panthers. Well, we just spoke to Alan Richardson, who spoke about execution. That was poor execution. <laughs> it wasn't effort-based, unfortunately. It was just poor execution in critical moments. 15 errors, I think it was. Well, so most of them are knock-ons, you would say. So it, it underlines what can happen in the pressure of finals football. Mm. So Anything can happen. And you know, a lot's been talked about the break with Melbourne. and um, But either team could come out and be flat at the start of this grand final. You just don't know, do you? I mean, Port, who would have thought Port would have been so appalling a couple of weeks we, ago? We hope both teams aren't flat. No, now, I, mean, I don't expect yeah. that to be the case. But if you could mount a case or say it was one team or the other, who do you think would be the flattest? Can't see either of them. But would it, would it be, I just can't see it happening. The so, only risk from a D's perspective is the lack of football that they have played. Well, I look at it as if during this season you have knocks, niggles, bumps. To play one game in 28 days would have been ideal for me and for you, particularly in the second half of the year. I, and, I, and we spoke to, Alan, spoke to Alan Richardson earlier who said they, they've trained hard. They've done everything they need to do in terms of sports science, GPS. They've ticked everything off tackling hard, all those numbers have been ticked off. So I would much rather go in playing one game in the in the month than have the run that the doggies have had plus the travel and everything that's gone into that because it, you're feeling fresh. You've yeah. trained hard. They're not going to detrain over that month. They're not, they're not going to let it happen. In the days of the 70s and 80s when there was a final five, this is what happened. If you finished on top of the ladder, you, you actually had a week off. You won your... Uh, you won your qualifying final, had a week off, then you got through to the second semi-final, had another week off and played in the grand final. The difference is then you were meeting an opponent that had played yep. every week all the way through. Now you're playing an opponent, that, in this case, that have played week, 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 then had a week off themselves, so have actually freshened up, so you probably lose that advantage. Yeah, so the recent history of this is six of the ten teams who had this preparation at the preliminary finals lost, mm. and it skewed what had been such a heavy advantage of teams who'd had the rest 
uh, previously, which ran at about 86% as you would qualify through the preliminary final, and it dropped down to 40%. So uh, the, if you if you run it through what we've lived through in recent times is Melbourne are at the greatest risk because we've got six of ten teams who didn't get through it. Hmm. Which, yeah. It's funny, we're trying to play out all these scenarios and then none of it could make any sense off the back of what the first 15-odd minutes look like or ultimately the whole two hours of football. But I think that creates some of the more of the intrigue for where we sit right now with the lack of football, too much football. And I think you speak about preferring to be the Ds if you're sitting there right now preparing to play a game in one hour and ten minutes, Coons. But I think from a dog's perspective and putting my players hat on for a moment, I used to love the continuity of football. I used to love the recover, prepare, play, and just this cycle if you knew the structure week to week. But for the dogs and off the back of the travel that they've had, the tough games that they have, those knocks that you've had, you've also had 14 days of recovery. So that's the perfect amount of time. It's it's like having the bye mid-year. It's like coming into round one of a season, and clearly they're more fatigued. Mm. But there's so many similarities to those moments throughout a year that they'll be harnessing right now, saying that preparation doesn't make any difference. So if you had the choice, or if you had to have a bye, and you knew you were going to make it, if you were the dogs, for example, would you rather have had the bye how they've had it or had the bye before the preliminary and then played? It's worked out perfectly both times for the Western Bulldogs. So 2016, yeah. they brought in the, the buy before the season, which allowed, allowed the, some, some of their injured players yeah. to get back, and they went on the fairy tale run. It's set up for them again here, having to travel 10,000-odd Ks over the last month. They needed this rest. They needed the rest in 2016. I don't know if it's a fairy tale all over again happening for the Western I'd Bulldogs. I'd take this but buy. It's set up nicely, but I'd, it, you'd take the buy before the grand final so you can fully freshen up. Prelim finals are hard to win. They're very extremely hard to win, and they're brutal games of footy. And to have the, the extra week off gets your cherry ripe. Plus, for the concussion sub, I, I think because of that, it'll be here to stay. I'm not sure if anyone. So you think it'll be here to stay? I think it'll stay because because of the Cody Waitman rule. So if, if Cody Waitman was um, concussed in the prelim final, then that's what we'll be calling it going forward. Because it was a week earlier, I, I think it's a great example of players who have a minor head knock, taking precaution, having the 12 days off and still being able to play in the grand final. We'd have to put a lot around it to make it work, yeah. wouldn't we, I think? Yeah. Well, I just, just think it needs to be tightened up a little bit, more clarity and more diligent around and rigorous about what the actual criteria is for all the sub rules. Is my take on it? Yeah, no, I mean, I mean, we have to put more stuff in the in the two weeks in that, like you could have, Footy. yeah. Well, you could have a state league grand finals yeah. in no, that you weekend. Could. You could I have a VFLW grand final yeah. that weekend. Yeah, you could broadcast it in. all sorts of local finals, yeah. grand finals. How have you two found it in in both of your media roles, and particularly you, Jerry, well, doing it every day? It's got to feel more airtime. Yeah, but, oh, no, but yeah. how, how have you honestly yeah. found? What has been the general feel of the public when you've spoken to them? Oh no, it's been excruciating. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Because it hasn't made any sense from uh, from a football perspective. So there would be a difference if if the pilgrimage had been possible across the country and everyone had headed off on Sunday or Monday and you would have had this huge build-up in Perth that people could have gone and been a part of. Then you could have got this week to make sense. Um, But it's just too random. So you'd have to really um, massage the calendar to get it to make sense. Like... Rather than building any momentum, it's sort of been clinging on. But there's been the extra part of on this side of the country, fans have been separate, forcefully separated from it, as opposed to having the yeah. choice to go and revel in it. Yeah. If the grand final's in Melbourne and it's two Melbourne teams, you don't get the conglomeration of people from across the country. If you do get teams from outside Victoria who make it, then potentially they could come. Um, no, but I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not, it's not a formality 
to me that it would become a buy. What would they offer AFL's preference? I don't think they've articulated it at all. Um, I think the view is at the moment it's a one-off and they were going to see how it went. We and also suspect- go back to the original problem too, don't you? If that if they identified it as teams in that round 23, yeah. you know, fudging their... Yeah. But if you're good enough to get your team in a position where you can manage 10 or 12 players, then... Oh, so be it. Yeah, yeah. I know, but I, that's no, why they did it originally. Yeah, it's a huge overreaction to what happened in the last round of home and away footy. We'll hang the last round was of home and away ca- footy. It's all about was that the, the Kangas game mm. that, that tipped that. Was that who was uh, it? And it was Fremantle. Uh, yeah, North, North and Richmond. Richmond. Yeah, and they played yeah, in round twenty-three, yeah, and they played in. Yeah, that's the right. I played in that final. game. Yeah, yeah. And then Ross Lyon had taken liberties with Fremantle. Yeah, we as we well. played an under fifteen team. Ross brought over yeah. a junior team in two thousand thirteen. So in the which is good management. You you weren't you still played so you weren't concerned. I think I was the medical sub from. <laughs> I think that North Melbourne game I was the medical sub and green. Or, I you think so. Green I, I, I'm trying to remember it, but I remember we played the Tigers the following week and our positions couldn't change, so we, I think we did rest a few from memory. Yeah, but the quirk of round twenty three versus so that the the pre finals buy has corrupted the system and we're sort of living through it this yeah. year where, where teams who needed a rest got a rest and they benefit from it and so uh, that shouldn't come back in. And then your question is, is can you build a festival around the grand final that warrants the Super Bowl build-up? Mm. But you can't ignore the fact that the Super Bowl build-up works because it's in a host city. Yeah. The first week is not there. The week is there. So the first week is still based in each team's hometown. And then this this incredible – that they descend upon it in tens, um, ten times the number who go to the game come to the city to experience the week. And there's a few parties and a few other things yeah, aligned yeah. with so it as well. So you have to build a whole event structure around it, I think, to get it through two weeks. Mm. There's also a couple of appearances that yeah. you could stretch so out over. You might find there's a few fortnight. people who start campaigning for it. So. If there's some footy on that weekend, does that ease the excruciation? Uh, I don't think so. Not I, you'd have to build – like you could have Tuesday night as the All Australian and Thursday night as the MVP and Saturday and Sunday as every grand final around the country at every league level and you could put the Brownlow on Sunday night. But then you still gotta build me something in grand final week to sort of get there with the with the full momentum. And obviously the MCG and the Victorian government aren't gonna to be too keen on uh, losing the grand final again. But no. If that contract didn't exist, do you think we've seen enough to think that it would work? Hundred percent. Yeah. I'm sure if that contract didn't exist and you ran the finances back through. Yeah. So if you take 25% out of the $260 million, you'd make that fivefold by selling grand finals once every fourth year. Yeah. I think the, the economics of what's been going on on Perth, I don't think will ever fully be declared, but they've been off the charts and you would replicate that in South Australia. I think once the GABA is redeveloped for the Olympics, you would replicate it there and you'd actually get the incentive for New South Wales to redevelop the SCG, which is in, which is in dire need of, yep. of uh, more than just a lick of paint. So you'd have this incredible incentive program going for your stadia around the country. Um, but there, there's, I think the pity of this is we haven't had the capacity to move across the country. Yeah, no so the doubt. dogs fans haven't yep. been able to move and the Melbourne fans haven't been able to move those who would have been able to get tickets and then, then you've got something that you've got the pilgrimage, you've got the caravan on the move, which I think gives this the extra element that it hasn't had. But for Western Australia, it's obviously been a triumph and the fervor that they're feeling for a true football state. Um, I feel like it's sad that South Australia's got no prospect of being able to, to stage this at it Adelaide would be Oval. It would be. Adelaide, yeah. 
What's the name of the little cafe that we go to over there? <laughs> um, so we know James Jordan is going to be the sub. Melbourne have declared that ahead of time. Yes, that is correct, uh, Hutto, from everything that we've been told. With one hour and three minutes to go until that ball is finally bounced, we've got James Jordan as the medical sub, and I don't believe that the Western Bulldogs have officially put out that. I think they've still got 10 minutes to uh, to actually name that. Do you want to throw a left-field suggestion, or are you happy with Mark Latham Vandermeer? No, I don't think... <laughs> I don't think we need to go past uh, Mark. Let's uh, let's stay with him. I think that's a wise choice. We had a brief chat about it before, Coons, and you're trying to clearly cover all bases with someone like that. So he can play multiple roles. I think if you go in other ways, um, you could mount a case for Anthony Scott, but I just don't think it's worth it. I think Latham's your man. What time will the first sub be uh, used in the game, do you think? If, if there's no injuries. If there's no injuries. Um, early in the last quarter. You, know, you can wait till then. I was going to say 18-minute so. mark of the third quarter. That's when they used to pull the trigger. Yeah. That's when the runner used to come out and say, give us three or four minutes of your best effort, and you'd know you're getting subbed. <laughs> so you'd sulk around for three minutes and then walk off, and the green vest would be waiting, uh, the red vest would be waiting there for you. Yeah, I oh, think Good times, good memories. <laughs> I don't think it would get manipulated that early, but I can absolutely see it getting manipulated in yeah. the last quarter. Well, there's nothing to lose from a technical point well, of view. It, it would be almost negligent not to. Mm. Well, we're actually talking about that. I mean, yeah, why wouldn't you use it? Um, Particularly, um, like, Vandermeer's in great form. Jordan's been playing as the medical sub, so he's only seen minutes here or there. But Vandermeer is in terrific form. Mm. So if you had a player who was um, having a poor day or you actually wanted to shake up your mix or you've just got a player who's got the natural bruising of a game, (laughs) give me the fresh legs now. Yeah, how does the message go out to the player that you are, like you talked about, Coons, that you're um, you're injured? That clearly that corky's worse than we thought. So I'd be curious: is is it mature enough within a club that it would be raised in one of the planning oh, meetings? I don't know. I I can't see that happening. In for, for everything that you tell players about giving honest effort about preparing to play to the last minute, to play extra time if we, God forbid, if we have to go into that sort of space. I can't imagine there ever being a conversation, just a tap on the shoulder, whether it's privately or in a team meeting, to say, hey, Jared, I'm not sure how this is going to play out, but with about 25 minutes or 20 minutes to play in the last quarter, if I tap you on the shoulder, that means you're coming off. And I don't care if you're injured or not, that's the call we're going to make. Can I just pose one more? I just thought about this. Uh, Sorry, just before you do it. Is the team in front, does only the team behind do it or does the team in front do it proactively? Well, can I, this might layer to that. Can you use it a bit more tactically? So clearly the medical sub is someone that has able to play multiple roles throughout the whole year. What happens if you use it more tactically and you are in a position where you are behind or if you are in front, you actually bring in a tall. So you're, you're praying that there is no medical <laughs> sub needed that you are in a dire moment in that last quarter and you think, you know what, we need to bring on an extra tall. An extra t- it's Jamara Hagen. <laughs> it's Jamara. We're bringing Jamara on for the last 25 minutes because the dogs are down by four goals and we need to stretch them def- uh, offensively. Yeah. So I think that's too cynical. Yep. I don't think – I think this has been done in good faith up to a point where you go – so I think the subs will be Vandermeer and Jordan, yep. as would have been well predicted. And then the question will be – early in the last quarter when there's the potential for new run, are you going to do it or not? Are you going to be the coach who does it? Yeah. And where, what comes with that? Are we going to have someone come to the bench and get ice strapped on? Mm-hmm. So the truth of it is, is if it's done right and a player comes off and they wrap ice around his hamstring, we will never know. It's only if it's done sort of shoddily mm. that, that a player just comes and sits out the rest of the game and we all go, what? So do you think like, that would never get out? If, if they do do it and it's a little bit questionable, do you think that story would ever get out? 
in um, time. Well, it would one day. But then mm. it doesn't matter. Yep. I, I put it to you, does it matter anyway? Well, but, if So this is, and the whole crux of it is, is this surely is the only year we have a medical sub. But oh. we, we just go back to having a sub, yep. don't we? Well, I'd be happy to go back to just four on the bench and just well, play well, football. Either way, because mm. I don't think the medical sub has been a great triumph. No. Well, Dwayne floated the idea earlier of having 23, so five-man bench and then reducing rotation. So you can't just go crazy with your five-man bench and then it becomes the, the velocity-type game. So it limits that. So, I mean, that could be one. But it, I, they need to, and we've spoken about this already, it's just an irk of mine. They just they have to do it. They have to clean it up in mm. terms of who they name as the sub, who's being omitted and who's being named as the medical sub earlier. Yeah. The idea, the 12-day tw- rule didn't make it through the second round, no. I don't think. So it was it was rushed in and the value of it is very much up for debate. But if, if you're going to go forward with it, there have to be better parameters put around it. And I, if we're, if we're retaining a medical site, it just should become a sub and take us back to where we were. Yeah. If you want to have 23 available. Ooh. The final teams when they land will be, be for Ringers nice. Western. Ringers Western clothing looks great in the city. And tough it and toughs it out on the land. So James Jordan will be the medical sub for Melbourne, and we'll Still just wait waiting. to see what happens with the dogs. Yeah. Kane Corns is going to join us shortly from the venue as well. He'll be. Live at Optus Stadium, Lucky Devil. Is he still running? All thanks to Flight <laughs> Centre, our sure. travel partner at AFL Nation Experience. Our experience, Flight Centre. Make Flight Centre your one-stop shop for travel. And <laughs> there's sort of an extra kicker to this grand final as uh, Western Australia long-term slamming the border on all Victorians. <laughs> As of tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> As of when that final siren goes. Yeah, not You're not allowed you in. <laughs> really get in anyway, but we're going to the proper lock. Just to let you know. Take at that. the end of it. So, and I take it that's why the, the idea of the Western Australian public standing and applauding at the 20, 21 minute mark of the first quarter <laughs> rings a bit hollow. Gone down well. With some you, people. Are it, they going ahead with that? Is it, is it happening? I, well, I think Basil's going to do it by himself. <laughs> I, mean, I think he misread the room on that one. <laughs> Basil will do it. It'll be in a sarcastic manner and they'll actually be making fun of us. <laughs> oh, dear. Shall we clear the way? Because they'll be on stage shortly, uh, four or five minutes away from the start of the entertainment program, which is pretty loaded as well. Jared Healy and Jordan Lewis are going to join us in the build-up to it. You're listening to AFL Nation for Athena Home Loans. Check out super low home loan rates at athena.com.au. 2021 Grand Final Footy on AFL Nation for the Beaumont Tiles Trade Club. Yesterday, probably got an idea of what Beatles felt like when they were in Australia. It was amazing. He makes them felt like rock stars and we deserved it. And it was a big, big day for Athena Club. Whether it's Kings or Lounge, whether it's the Beatles, Whatever your favourite band is, you need to play your guitar today, mate. You need to play your trumpet, the band your drums is with you. Whatever your strengths and gifts are, just bring your gifts, bring your instruments, bring your voice, your song, your noise. Let's take our fury, and even 22, the Sydney Swans, and we complete our vehicles. So that's what Luke Beveridge was like in 2016 behind closed doors with his bring your instruments, bring your gifts. Welcome to AFL Nation for Athena Home Loans. Tonight he's going to bring his Shawshank redemption to full fruition. And given that every footballer who's ever filled out one of those profiles has listed Shawshank redemption, <laughs> it will become part of folklore if he gets it up and it gets released in full in the commemorative videos. Jared Waitley with you. Our experts tonight are here for car sales. Sell your car the hassle-free 
freeway with car sales instant offer. Jared Healy, welcome. Jared, it's great to be here finally. It's been a long build-up, but uh, it's been a good build-up. It's been, I think, fantastic for footy, and I'm glad you opened up by talking about Luke Beveridge on the back of his uh, unusual style because I think he's great for footy, and he's on the cusp of an incredible victory, and that's why this is such... A famous grand final. It's going to be incredible for Melbourne if they can break their drought, and it's going to be incredible for the Dogs. And I think for Luke Beveridge, who will be a giant of the game if he can pluck this premiership. And Jordan Lewis is by his side. Hello, Jordy. G'day, boys. My, without fail, every time my old man watches Shawshank Redemption, he cries. So yeah. that, that, he wouldn't admit that, but uh, there you go. Fantastic movie, and he's obviously drawing on inspiration for that. But uh, it, it's a huge game. Clearly, grand final, we're here. I, I didn't necessarily like the, the two-week break. There was too much of a build-up. But as I drove around the suburbs today of, of around where I live, and, um, and there was... There was a parade, Jared, down the down the streets. A makeshift parade. A makeshift parade, which was fantastic. There would have been a, a hundred people all socially distancing, and that was made sure that that was all adhered to. But my young boys went and went and joined in. Lucy took them down. So I mean, it, it's fantastic. And I even saw Tom McDonald's wife in there as well with with a with uh, his brother Oscar. So they got involved in the in the festivities as well. But. Um, it's huge down here. I think the players, and I think it's a good thing they've been sheltered in a way, being at, at Joondalup, specifically for Melbourne. Um, they've been sheltered from the hysteria that, that is around um, Grand Final Week. But we speak about the game, we'll speak about it in a minute, but, it, it, I mean, it's such a big first quarter. When, when you say the hysteria, do you think it's more Melbourne hysteria? I mean, if you're looking banner for banner on the fence... I reckon Melbourne have got the dogs covered by about 20 to 1 at this stage. I know one personal bloke, Rowan Davis, he initially ordered one, and that banner I've seen about 25 times, but evidently there's, the last official account was 133 banners. <laughs> so it has certainly taken off around the suburbs of Melbourne. Could, could you imagine if both of these teams hadn't won? I mean, Bus 2016, yeah. take that out. Yeah, if both yeah. of them hadn't won for that period of time, it would have been one for one. Mm. So um, amazing effort to come from fifth um, to make a grand final after the little form slump that they've had yep. coming into the back end of the season, the, the the loss in round in the last round of the year, round 23. A huge effort by Luke Beveridge and his boys. There'd be a great talkback topic if we had time, and I know we don't, but uh, what is Beveridge going to do? Or what is the creative mind? What is the what is the creative mind that was uh, sharpened at St. Bede's and yep. uh, he then went on to assist Mick Mouldhouse and over with uh, your mob over at the Hawks and brought... Uh, uh, attacking defence of all things or assertive defence. What's the creative mind going to throw up that Goody has to deal with today? It's one of those things. I don't think you can throw – you can't throw too much up. So you can't win I, by a trick. No. So, I mean, the only things you can really – are either matchups. so someone who might not um, assume or, or, or predict the matchup that may come to them or it might be a physical presence against someone. Like th- th- There can't be anything new that we haven't seen from them um, throughout the year. I, I don't think he's like that. I think Beveridge, and we heard a little snippet from 2016, he's more the emotional attachment, motivation. Mm. That, that for me, that's the story, what, what he came up with for this group to get up and over the line. Not sure about you, Jerry, but the highlight for me this week was just talking to people at the clubs. Last night we spoke to Todd Viney and to Doug Hawkins. I had this – it was one of my most memorable, enjoyable moments – on Sports Day for a long time, sitting back, listening to Paul Ruse talk about 
building Melbourne with Lee Matthews and, uh, you know, two coaches going head-to-head with their intimate knowledge of how difficult it was. Spoke to Peter Jackson. We spoke to uh, Amit Baines. You know, just people who have been so influential in their clubs getting to where they're at, but you won't see them on the TV and their stories won't be told. And hearing from mums and dads, yep. like that, the two weeks has made that compulsory mm. is is to fill and to continue to build. So we have heard more of the family stories than you normally get time mm. for. So yes, we couldn't be more informed about the grand final. And then there could never have been a more analysed game than this no. because we've never had a grand final with a two-week break. Mm. <laughs> like, if there's something that hasn't been thought of, <laughs> God, I hope we see it. Yes, you know, every element has been uh, well and truly put under the microscope. I think families have put themselves under the microscope as well, Jared. I know that uh, there are people down at, um, down at Flinders who have been banned from turning up because it's come out. I can't stand watching the footy with you. I want to sit there and watch it. People have been excommunicated from their own families <laughs> because this is such an historic moment for Melbourne supporters. I mean, the Bulldogs went through it, I'm sure, five or six years ago. So uh, they're now used to winning flags, but uh, not so for a lot of Melbourne people. Have you been in conversations with Melbourne people and how would you depict um, the the overall mood? Uh, yeah, yeah, I have. I've, I've had... You know, some players reach out and and just try and gain some knowledge of of grand final day and how to prepare and what it's like. And um, oh, I think there's there's certainly a nervousness in in both camps, and and that's that's only natural. I, I think the more the more advice you can seek, and you've got to be really specific. I think in in who you go to. You don't want to ask someone and they build it up to be this this big game. Oh, I was worried all grand final. I just couldn't get my head right. You need to pick the right people. So. I mean, my advice was was pretty simple. It, it is, at the end of the day, it's a game of football, something that both teams have done really well throughout the year. You've got to take great confidence in in your ability to back, to back up consistently throughout the season. That's that's all players across the park. Um, yeah, and some players that reached out were, were arguably in the best three to four players on the ground. So take great confidence. If you're feeling nervous, yep. being one of the best mm. four or five players on the ground, imagine poor Jake Bowie, who, who's, who's just come onto the scene this year and he's playing in his first game of the season and that was have we got time now for a quick little story we'd have to be out at six so that that was the beauty about when we when we were approaching the 2013 grand final and and um post-season we went up to Damien Munkhurst's farm and we had fireside chats and the beauty about when that was drip fed to us throughout the final series is we got to hear from from Bradley Hill and how he was feeling in the emotion of of coming into a a club playing in the first final series as a young kid, relatively inexperienced. So you hear that in a quite a vulnerable moment. And then that instantly transfers to being out on the field and wanting to help him more so after hearing that. And I think you know, those conversations are important. So I would imagine that the senior players from both sides get around the players who haven't been there before, you know, advise them as much as they can, tell them they're, they're here to help them through the most important game of the season. It's an amazing unknown that we're heading into. I think I think everyone now I think is of the same view that if uh, we continued on with the pre-season, sorry, the post-season buy after round twenty-three, that it impacts on those sides who win the first final. I mean, that's now mathematically, statistically proven. It doesn't necessarily extend to what we're seeing here with the Bulldogs playing um, three weeks, then having one week off, and now playing in a grand final. Melbourne having one game in four weeks. We don't quite 
No, and we're never probably going to find out unless the buy continues forever whether or not there is a statistical advantage or disadvantage. But uh, both clubs have had two weeks off. That's all we know. We know the Bulldogs had a difficult, a more difficult road to get there. We know that they've done this incredible journey and they've, they've achieved greatness anyway just by simply getting there. And if they lose, we'll look back and say, oh, they played their grand final last year, last week. Well, two weeks ago, they didn't. They actually smashed Port Adelaide. They went. They just went through them like Melbourne went through Geelong. So a lot of these things, I think, are going to be analysed with the benefit of hindsight. Yep. But, but ultimately, I don't think we're ever going to know whether or not doing two weeks of media is good, bad or indifferent. Doing two weeks of training hard like Melbourne have versus two weeks of recovery like the Bulldogs have. We're never going to know that. Glorious mysteries in sport. We're going to dip in and out of the pregame entertainment. Let's start with the welcome to country with Dr. Richard Wally.
The welcome to country at the start of the pre-match entertainment performances, which will include Abby May, Baker Boy, John Butler, Eskimo Joe and Colin Hay. We will dip in and out as we go before the teams run out and they set up for the 2021 grand final. It's a quarter past five opening siren over in Perth, quarter past seven over here on the East Coast. And... Um, Let's get the points bet update to set the terms of engagement for how this is going to be fought out. A points bet update. It's shacking easy to bet anytime. Download the points bet app today. Gamble responsibly. Call 1 800 858 858. G'day, punters. Elliot from Points Bet previewing the grand final Melbourne versus the Western Bulldogs. The D's, they got to head into this one. Favourites. $1.70 with us at Points Bet head to head. Western Bulldogs outsiders 220. Seven and a half point start on the line. No real move here at all. Over and unders set at 155.5. The unders have been popular with us. And in the Norm Smith medal market, Clayton Oliver, favourite, $6.50. Petrarca, $7.00. Bontempelli, the best of the dogs at 8 And Max Gorn, $9.00. The big mover, Jack Viney, 21 into 15 for the Norm Smith medal. And we've got the same game multi refund offer as well. So place a three or more like same game multi. And if it fails, get your money back in bonus up to $25.00. T's and C's do apply, so head to pointsbet.com.au, download the app, and as always, please gamble responsibly. So that sets us up for what's to come. Uh, Optus Stadium is a magnificent site with most seats already full to engage in this pre-game entertainment. The final team shortly for Ringers Western, bred on a cattle station in the Kimberley to withstand the Aussie life. And um, we'll find out who the Bulldogs sub is with the broad expectation that it is going to be Vandermeer. It is, in fact, Vandermeer. So... James Jordan and Latham Vandermeer are confirmed as the medical subs in this game. I think they might be doing a little bit of Ice House here. One of the great features, Jared, of the build-up has been Western Australia's sheer determination to put on the greatest spectacle of all. In one sentence, the Premier managed to work his way through one of the greatest, no, possibly the greatest, no, definitely the greatest (laughs) grand final of all. In one sentence, he got there. Well, he... uh He's had plenty of time to think about it. He had uh, Gillam McLaughlin on tenor hooks for a long, long time. And uh, he thought to himself, well, I've only got one opportunity in 150 years. Let's just go for the best ever. And he nailed it. I hope he, I hope he delivers. Yeah. If he gets a great game, he's going to have the right light show at the end. Yeah. Like, if this does happen to be 
overtime or a point either yeah. way at the end, with the way that stadium is and all the things they can do around the end, they'll have a claim to it by the end. <laughs> oh, no doubt about it. And look, they've got a lot of things going for them. They've got a brilliant day compared to what we would have put on here. It's a bit of a stinker outside, but uh, a brilliant day. They've got a brilliant stadium. They've got this incredible side that are both uh, trying to, to make history. And it's such a novel event over there. And the other good thing is he's going to have to bloody hide the lock the rest of us out uh, about a minute <laughs> no, after the grand final finishes. There's no coincidence in the timing. Kane Cords has got in. We're going to join him shortly. He'll take us through the preview. We'll play a bit more from the pre-game entertainment. AFL Nation giving you the chance to nominate someone to win two 2022 AFL Silver Club memberships thanks to Coles Insurance. Visit iCanWin.com.au Want to witness the world's biggest football game? Head to iCanWin.com.au, predict Australia's score with a crystal ball, and it could be you and a friend at the FIFA World Cup Qatar 2022 semi finals, all thanks to McDonald's. Maccas, together and loving it. TNCs apply.